Okay, loving greetings, my friends, from the Science of Mind Spiritual Center, a global community in unity. Thank you for choosing to join me on this beautiful day. This is another extraordinary day and is yours to create in any way you so choose. Let's fill our hearts and our minds with all the love and goodness that we can imagine and let the spirit of joy and happiness, gratitude and compassion pour out of us onto the world, making the world a better place. And that is fulfilling our center's mission. If you would like information about our center, please go to our website at www.somspiritualcenterla.org and you can enjoy listening to the meditations, the talks online or on our podcast. Just look around to see what interests you. If our message inspires you, and I mean is really making a valuable difference in your life, please consider donating to our center. And always the place we give from is from the heart, with an abundance of heartfelt gratitude, which is really confirming that you are in the divine flow. Consistent and meaningful giving is important to you because when you give to where you are spiritually nurtured, it comes back to you multiplied abundantly. And it is important to us because your giving helps support and empower the expansion of this global spiritual center and allows others to expand and prosper through the many organizations that we support. So I thank you for being an active part of our global spiritual family. You may make a donation to our center anytime. Some individuals prefer to do it automatically, weekly or monthly. That's up to each person individually. But please remember that every donation is appreciated. And you may donate with a credit card through PayPal from our website. Again, that's www.somspiritualcenterla.org or from the weekly email blast we send or by mail. And our mailing address is 14431 Ventura Boulevard, number 586, Sherman Oaks, California, 91423. If the spirit moves you and you feel like it, please email me. I'd love to hear from you. And my email address is faithfilled2 at aol.com. As most of you know, each week a portion of your generous giving goes to benefit one of the many organizations that our center supports. And in recognition of Earth Day, we are donating to earthday.org's Canopy Project, which works with global partners to reforest areas in dire need of rehabilitation, including areas with some of the world's communities most at risk from climate change and environmental degradation. And since 2010, they have planted tens of millions of trees. So thank you in advance for giving to this very worthy organization. And now, if you can sit back, rest back, wherever you might be, and join me in the opening treatment. 
We are all one with the one presence, the one mind, the one power, God infinite good. We keep our minds centered in divine love, the source of all life and all good. And this perfect power within guides us, directs us, and leads us on the pathway of right action. We accept that life offers us change, a change in people, places and things, and limitless golden opportunities to change ourselves. And change always means growth. We're open and receptive to hear the word. The word is God and the word is good. And the universe is running over with goodness. And we accept it. Established in unity and peace and love, we walk in the light and love of God. There's a radiance of pure awareness that reveals the deepest truth of who we are. We dwell in a kingdom of limitless potentiality. We are enough. We are blessed with experiences that provide us with opportunities for expansion and fuller expression. And now individually and collectively, we gratefully accept the power of these profound words as the absolute truth. And I want you to always know and always remember, there's a power within you and it can lift your life to its highest level. It can change illness into health it can bring success out of failure and victory out of defeat. It can bring companionship and happiness out of loneliness. It will respond to you. It is the power within you, and so it is. Our theme for the month of April is You're Closer Than You Think. And our topic this morning is From Skin Deep to Soul Deep. So each one of us individually and humankind collectively is spirit in motion, ever transforming. Now this motion or this process of ever transforming is said to have have four stages to it. Maybe not in this particular order, maybe one stage runs into the other, or there's a little bit of each stage happening all at once, or it certainly can feel that way. So the stages are dissolving, imagining, reforming, and then flying. And then the cycle begins again at a higher level of awareness. In Romans, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I want to remind us all that transforming is more than just changing. It is more than just improving. It is more than just becoming a better, brighter version of what is now. To transform is to become something or someone that has not existed before. Transformation is a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. Now, I want to read you a quote by Judge Thomas Troward, because it really, really describes transformation. And it goes like this. My mind is a center of divine operation. The divine operation is always for expansion and fuller expression. And this means the production of something beyond what has gone before, something entirely new, 
not included in the past experience, though proceeding out of it by an orderly sequence of growth. Therefore, since the divine cannot change its inherent nature, it must operate in the same manner with me. Consequently, in my own special world, of which I am the center, it will move forward to produce new conditions always in advance of any that have gone before. That's a lot of rich words, I know. But spirit can take it all in. Now, spiritually, we know that there's nothing to change into. There's nothing to become because we already are divine. We already are a perfect expression of God. In Zen Buddhism, they would say transformation is the process of becoming that which we already are. So we already are God in expression, whole, perfect, and complete spiritually. And this is true. And at the same time, on this human plane of existence, those who are awake, those who are on the evolutionary path, are in the business of removing anything that blocks the perfect expression. So let's be clear that enlightenment is not about adding anything, but rather is a process of elimination and expanding what already is, which does not mean that we never add anything or anyone to life. It means that we have evolved from being merely interested in spiritual growth to being interested in a complete radical transformation. So in this process of transformation, of becoming someone entirely new, which already exists, something first must happen. And that is dissolving. Now, just as the earth breaks apart in order for the flower to burst forth into expression, sometimes our lives look like they're breaking apart as well. But are they? Or is it simply making room for something more beautiful and more meaningful to emerge? I want to begin our discussion of dissolving with a modern day parable. I've told it to you before. Many of you have heard it somewhere else. But today it's an opportunity to hear it at a much deeper, deeper level. It certainly is for me. And I thank all of you who share yourselves with me, who email me or who call me or text me and let me know what's going on in your life and of all the wonderful suggestions and heartfelt expressions you give to me. So this is the parable of a goldfish which lived in a goldfish bowl in the bedroom of a little girl. And he would swim around and around every day. He swam and he swam and then he would swim and swim the other way. And that was his life. Swimming one way and then the other way. Oh, and getting fed once a day. And we can all relate to this, right? We swim and swim and we do one thing one way and then the other way. 
And that was pretty much it. That was the goldfish life. But one day he thought to himself, geez, this is not a very exciting life. I think I'm meant to do more than this. And he had not a clue what it was, but he was very dissatisfied with his little goldfish life. I can relate to this and you can relate to this. You know, we get stagnant. We keep doing the same thing the same way all the time, not expanding, not adding anything to it. And we do become dissatisfied with our little goldfish life, so to speak. Well, while he was feeling dissatisfied with his goldfish life, the little girl who owned him, this is, this is how synchronicity works in life, the little girl who owned him was feeling dissatisfied with having a fish. She wanted a pet that she could play with and cuddle with and that would run and greet her when she came home from school. She really wanted a dog. So she started on her parents about having a dog, and you know as children can do. Can I have a dog? Can I have a dog? Can I have a dog? Please, please, can I have a dog? And they always said, no, you have a fish, and you can only have one pet. So you have your fish, and that's good. I'm sure we can all relate to this one, too. Because we ourselves do this. We think we can only have this. We can't have it all. Well, the little girl wanted a dog so badly that one night she thought, well, if mom says I can only have one pet and I already have a fish, maybe it's time for the fish to take a walk. So in the middle of the night, she got up, she took her goldfish bowl into the bathroom, she opened the lid of the toilet seat, and she quietly dumped her fish into the toilet. Now, the fish is wondering what in the world is going on. He had never experienced anything quite like this before. The rush of water going into another bunch of water and all of a sudden there was this noise and he started to swirl downward very quickly. And he went through these pipes really fast and he was really scared and he couldn't imagine what the heaven was going on. All he knew was that he better hang on tight. And so down he went into these pipes and then into this place that is not very pleasant at all. It's yucky and stinky and he doesn't know what to do, but he just knows it's his job to swim. And that's what he does. He swims and he thinks, maybe if I just keep swimming, I'll get out of this horrible place. So he swims although it's really, really hard to swim through this because it's kind of thick and yucky, but he's working really hard and he's praying, please get me out of this. I can't stand it, but he just keeps swimming. Now, I know you all can relate to this. We've all been in yucky places where it's really hard. And what do we do? We just keep on keeping on. Okay, every now and then he gets really tired. So he takes a little nap, but he wakes up and he's still there. Darn, he says. So what does he do? He keeps swimming. And as he swims through all this stuff, his little fins begin to develop muscle that he doesn't realize he's developing. As he swims and swims through all this yucky stuff, he gets stronger and stronger there's more than one time when he just says, forget it. I give up. I can't do this anymore. 
But something in him says, no, 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 keep swimming, keep swimming. So he continues to swim. He doesn't know for how long, but he knows he's been swimming for a very long time. And eventually, something begins to change. He begins to think that perhaps there's some fresh water coming in. And this water smells really good, like maybe it's treated with something. And this yuckiness that he's been in for so long starts to get less and less. And this fresh water that might even be treated with something is coming in on him and keeps going through and keeps going through. And pretty soon it gets less and less yucky and less and less yucky. And then he's into this pool of pretty nice water. Then all of a sudden he gets sucked through another tube and sent out into this biggest, freshest bowl of water he's ever experienced in his life. And it's called the ocean. And there he was in the ocean. As he looked at his little fish self, he thought, I'm not the same fish I was before. And it's true, he wasn't. In fact, he had transformed into a dolphin. There he was, this magnificent being, free in the ocean, jumping and playing. He'd never felt so alive, and it was truly magnificent. And then he looked over at the shore, and he saw a little girl. He thought to himself, I know that little girl. At first he was very angry at her for what she had done to him, but then he thought, wait a minute. If she hadn't done whatever she did, I wouldn't be here now. So he swam over to the shore and he beckoned her over with his dolphin call and she jumped on his back and off they went to playing in the ocean. Now, my friends, this is the story of life. This could be the story of the crucifixion and the resurrection. This can be the story of your life, of my life, the stories in the Bible, the stories everywhere. This process of dissolving can be a little stinky, and it can be very challenging. There's no doubt about it. It is or should I say, we can make it the most difficult stage of our evolutionary process because it can be the scariest of all. The famous theologian Matthew Fox said, in order to pick up anything new, we must let go of what we are holding, what we are individually holding on to. So very often, we struggle with not wanting to let go of what we're holding because we don't want to go through the scary, stinky times. Long ago, in my past, (laughs) whenever I got my heart broken, which was quite often, I would say to my friends, I feel like I'm falling to pieces My dear friends who were so used to hearing me say that would say, again. 
But all of those broken relationships, and there were other things, that stuff that life offers us so we learn lessons, created a life of drama for me. And that life of drama led me to a conscious path of self-discovery, which is still a work in progress, by the way. The other part of this is many times there has to be a breakdown before there's a breakthrough. We stay present to the process of dissolving, whether we like it or not, and no matter what it looks like. We don't argue with the past or plead with the future. And the more you resist, the more painful this dissolution is. When you accept what is for right now, the pain of dissolution doesn't last as long. When you can say, I accept what is for right now, you let go of all resistance. And what you resist persists. So if you're resisting what is, it's going to persist. But if you let go of the resistance and say, this is just the way that it is now, it gets all loosened up. And there's an amazing thing that happens. But you cannot force, you cannot manipulate, you cannot resist. I've tried it all. Have you ever had a massage that felt really, really good at the beginning? Feeling so relaxed, almost like you're in another world. And then suddenly the massage therapist sticks their elbow or their fist in or on a knot. And you suddenly feel like screaming or crying. And prior to that, you were in dreamland. You're suddenly very much in the present moment. The options are limited. You can leap off the table and run for it, remembering that you're naked under that gown. Or you can yell, cry, or scream, stop, you're killing me. And then the benefit is completely lost. Or you can relax, surrender, not resist it, and breathe into it until the pain lessens and the benefit is gained. Accepting what is for now, just for now, the pain or discomfort or dissolution will be short-lived. When you let go of the resistance, and many times other people and situations can cause you to resist, I find I resist when I don't know what to do. When I feel at a loss, I begin to resist because I'm afraid of that yucky stuff. Accepting what is for now does not mean it's forever. And always remember that you are more than you appear to be. God is more than this. 
It's the heat, the intense heat on the coal that transforms it into a diamond. And so, as we go through this dissolving stage, and remember, we don't know what it's going to look like. The goldfish is just a parable, but I think gets the point across. We do know that it's a necessary stage in the evolution of our transformation. And on the heels of that realization, I'd like us to embody these wise words of our founder, Ernest Holmes, which is in the Science of Mind on pages 282 and 302 that I more or less combined. And here are his wise words. He says, stay with the one and never deviate from it. Never leave it for a moment. Nothing else can equal this attitude. Remember, all the power of the universe is with you. Feel it, know it, and then act as though it were true. You're not depending on a reed shaken by the wind, but on the principle of life itself for all that you have or ever shall need. It is not some power or even a great power. It is all power, and it is the power on which we can depend. To desert this truth in the hour of need, in the hour of dissolving, is to prove that we do not know the truth. When things look the worst, that is the supreme moment to demonstrate to ourselves that there are no obstructions to the operation of truth. When things look the worst, is the best time to work the most satisfying time. The person who can throw himself or herself with a complete abandon into that limitless sea of receptivity, having cut loose from all apparent moorings, is the one who will always receive the greatest reward. Again, we don't have a manual that says, here's what your transformation will look like. Here's what you do step by step by step. No, that's the intellectual world. Principle in the universe presents a whole other vast opportunities and options. We make the decision and the universe aligns with that decision. And on the other side of dissolving is flying. And we're going to get there. Thank you. And God bless. And God bless each and every one of you who support 
this truth and this principle, each in your own particular and special way. And now I ask you to join me in the closing treatment. We are one with the one. There is no otherness. And we are deep in oneness. Every fiber of our being is in full cooperation with the divine plan. And it's right where we are, in the mind of our God self. And this self knows itself to be a unique expression of spirit. It knows its truth. It knows its worth. And it acts upon it. This self is who and what we are. There's now complete unity between the inner world of spirit and the outer world of form. The seen and the unseen have merged into an active partnership and each and every detail has been attended to appropriately. Today is our day to live in that high consciousness of non-resistance, to allow and to let this beautiful transformation come forth. From skin deep to soul deep. Today is our day. We gratefully let it live itself through us. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is. All is well. And so it is. And now, my friends, you go forth as messengers of loving kindness, as spirits, perfect expression of strength and courage, and make known this truth so your life continues to increase in value by simply sharing the value with someone else. Until next time, stay safe, be well, be kind, especially to yourself. Namaste.